Welcome to the Facility Dude Podcast. Here's your hosts, Bob, Papa Dude Bittner, and Tony Butler. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Facility Dude Podcast. I'm here with Papa Dude. Papa Dude, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Tony. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm getting ready for Thanksgiving, one of my, actually my favorite holiday of the year. You got any big plans? Uh, no, we're going to probably travel out west to the mountains after uh, on Friday after the day of Thanksgiving. So After you're stuffed full. After we're stuffed full. What about you guys? Yeah, we're staying in town. Got uh, family all coming over, so it'll be great. So that's nice. It's yeah. a nice time. Well, we'll go ahead and kick off this episode. It's going to be about key performance indicators and their importance. A lot to talk about, um, but we're going to go ahead and talk about why they're important and, and what we should be doing as facility managers when it comes to tracking our work. You know, Tony, we have... Uh, uh, looked at key performance indicators for a long time, uh, lots and lots of different ones. And I think uh, we've got to remember again when we're looking at key performance indicators or KPIs, that we'll probably refer to them the rest of the uh, show, is that it's much like when we were talking about uh, back in, in episodes three and four about getting buy-in, of right. knowing the audience and why you want to use those numbers. What do you, who's going to use them and why? Uh, you don't want to just put numbers together for the sake of putting numbers together, but they should have some benefit to managing your business better, telling your story better, to be able to get people to understand where you are and your needs. Right. You mentioned, again, getting buy-in, um, you know, why justification for the staff you have, protection of the current staff, uh, maybe justification for additional staff is a way to use those KPIs uh, when you're talking to a board or your CFO. Um, and, and again, that's a lot different when you're just managing, right? Yeah, or, or if you're down at the craftsman level, things that they would like to see differently than what a board member would like to see. Right. How can I improve? What can I do to get better exactly. in, in my day-to-day? How much time am I spending on work? Uh, am I being efficient out there with my men in, in the field, etc.? Right. Well, I know one of the reasons we talked about having this show was, uh, you know, I talked to facility managers day in and day out. And, and I've talked to quite a few who don't necessarily know what some of the industry standard KPIs are. Uh, you know, they, they look to us to kind of guide them on those. Uh, and, and there's four that, that we have highlighted to, to talk about. Uh, but again, industry standards, one being total work backlog. Um, Bob, in your past, have, have you looked at your total work backlog and um, how did you use that? You know, I think uh, work order backlog is a, an extremely important uh, element to track. Uh, a lot of times we uh, in the facility management world fear the word backlog because we think uh, people will think we're not doing our job. But actually a uh, good healthy backlog is good for the organization because that means you have work that you've decided you needed to do. It may not be top priority, but you have something for somebody to do all the time. And managing your work and having a backlog is very healthy. We always said that uh, Having about a uh, four to six weeks worth of backlog uh, was a good number. It doesn't mean that if you put a work order in today, that it's going to take six weeks to get it done because there's always the priority level mm-hmm. of what something needs to be done on. So right. you have some of this project work. A lot of times, though, facility managers will write stuff on a sheet of paper on the back of an envelope and have it at their desk saying, this is my backlog because I don't want everybody to see how much I'm not getting done. Uh I haven't thought about it in that way, but having that, that amount of backlog can definitely be beneficial for the staff. And, and it really helps you tell your story about how much work you're being looked, to, looked upon to complete. 
And uh, so you can't do a manpower projection if stuff's just scattered all over and you don't know what the backlog looks like. Right. I, I know I talked to some folks where they just they take it all the way down to an individual and say, if, if Tony works 40 hours a week, but he's got 60 hours worth of work to do, you know, what does that mean? And there's a couple of ways that we could use that information um, you know, for our staff and, and for our department. Yeah. And it, it surely uh, tells a story, like we were talking back uh, earlier about getting buy-in and so forth and telling the story, that uh, those things really uh, are key elements in really painting the picture like you want your department to be recognized for in the work that you are doing or the things that you're not able to get done. Uh, that's just as equally important, particularly if you know that you're short-staffed, that uh, you're underfunded, for instance, and... Uh, being able to paint the picture and be able to show with real numbers, here's my backlog, here's the work that I'm not getting done, here's the things that I'm not accomplishing because I just don't simply don't have the, the staff or the resources to do it. Well, that's a great point. I know something I always like to say is, you know, if you're not telling the story for your department, who is? Exactly. So, you know, you need to be an advocate for, for your team and for your department. And, again, that's kind of where you uh, are going to present these uh, KPIs to, who you're going to – show them to what you want to try to accomplish out of them. You probably don't want to uh, do that with your shop people because that's kind of a demotivator mm -hmm. uh, about all that's not getting done. But you certainly want to show that to the folks that control the, uh, the, the control the purse springs and are concerned about what's getting done or not getting done. Well, let's, let's move on to number two. The, uh, the second KPI would be planned work backlog. So your scheduled planned maintenance that you need to complete and, and that backlog. Uh, Bob, how, how have you used that in the past? Well, typically when we have put together a planned maintenance work order routine, uh, we would give a window of time that that work needed to be done on. So if it was a weekly PM, you know, and it was scheduled on Monday, uh, we would still find it in compliance if it was done on by Wednesday. Uh, but... Uh, and people can set different parameters about this. That's one of the good things about uh, KPIs. There's not one specific thing that you have to do, but what's important to your organization. And so we would look at that and make those our top priority jobs. Mm -hmm. Really, the and, and that uh, a lot of times is hard to do because you get emergencies that come up and things that happen. Uh, sometimes planned work is not uh, as fun is not as sexy uh, going around checking fire extinguishers, for, for instance. You know, it's not as sexy as going out and fixing a broken piece of equipment that everybody patched on the back and said, thanks for getting that back up and running. I don't know what we'd have done without you. Right. I don't know anybody that's ever patted anybody on the back and said, man, I'm sure glad you got that fire alarm uh, or that, that fire extinguisher inspected. I don't know what we'd do without you. you know? So uh, you look at those kind of things and you – you really paint that picture of, but it's important. It's a regulated requirement. Right. Fire extinguishers, exit lights, uh, all these things get taken care of, and you've got to track them and keep them within compliance. So, for instance, on a work on a on a uh, weekly, you know, we would go two or three days uh, before or after the due date. On a uh, uh, monthly, we we would go maybe a week over. Uh, when it was due, before it was out of compliance, mm -hmm. and really kind of track that. And then you got to analyze why isn't it getting done. Uh, and the only way you can do that is just to have the numbers in there gotcha. and look at it. Well, and, and that sort of lends itself, I think, to, to the next KPI is the percentage of planned work versus the overall amount of work that you have. Yeah. I know, uh, you know one, of the, one of the keys to uh, successfully and efficiently 
operating facilities is um, you know focusing or try to have a, a good percentage of plan and scheduled maintenance versus just handling reactive maintenance. What have you heard from our uh, clients about that? Is what they think is important. Well, plan maintenance definitely because then what what happens is the cost of a plan maintenance work order is on average um, you know one third the cost of a reactive work order. So you know it's important to be able to follow through with plan maintenance to have enough staff. It impacts the budget and impacts the longevity or the extends the life of the equipment uh, and the assets that the facility manager is looking after. So there's a lot of variables that come into play when we have a, a PM program that's in place and we have a, a high percentage of uh, planned maintenance versus reactive maintenance. Right. It's interesting. We have uh, within our suite of products, we have this report that is, is probably my favorite report of all of our reports, which tells me uh, the percentage of, of uh, planned versus reactive work on a piece of equipment. One of the uh, things that I used to track uh, when I was uh, at Wake County Public Schools was the fact of how many breakdown work orders did I have on a piece of equipment in a given period of time. And so I would sort by I wanted to know if this any piece of equipment I had more than three failures or three work orders within a given period of time, so let's oh, say wow. within a month. Okay. And then that would bubble up and show me those pieces of equipment that were the ones that were creating the most cost for me, the most time, the most interruption. And those then were the ones that I could really focus on either for replacement or really reviewing what the PM needed to be on those. Was I not doing the things right? Right. Uh, so looking at plan versus reactive and how much you, uh, how much you look at those, those numbers. And there's a lot of different uh, variables in that. Some people say it ought to be uh, 40% PM and 60% reactive, and some will say it should be 60% uh, uh, PM and 40% reactive. I think that's kind of a moving target depending on the organization, but I think you really ought to start and set some kind of goals around that and see how effective it is. What is, what is it producing for you? Are you having less failures? Are, is your equipment lasting longer than what the life cycle would indicate mm -hmm. and so then you know that you're having a, a uh, an effective program you don't want to uh, over engineer something you don't want to do it more often than you need because that's extra cost as well but getting that fine balance uh, in there is is extremely important and, and I think looking at planned versus reactive and knowing what it costs you uh, is important and you brought up a good point, which maybe for a future show we could talk about is, uh, you know, planning for the replacement versus repair of that piece of equipment that's causing those problems. Right. You know, in your capital planning. Uh, so being able to, to forecast and look at your assets and see what's giving you problems. Yeah. And to be able to, to properly plan for that. We certainly can do that. Um, the, the fourth KPI that, that we have is a percentage of weekly scheduled work. So, again, another uh, ratio of what we have scheduled versus reactive work, sort of an extension of what we just discussed. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, always good to look at, and I like to look at it in uh, hours as opposed to number of work orders. Mm -hmm. Number of work orders is a little bit misleading because some work order could take 30 minutes and the next work order could take five hours. Yeah, you're exactly and so right. when you're looking at numbers of work orders, it's not always a, a great indicator uh, but when you start looking at hours, the number of hours that was scheduled as opposed to the number of hours that were actually worked, and then you say, well, you know, we had 120 hours worked or scheduled. Uh, we only worked 80 hours, but I had 160 hours available. 
where did where did that time go to? Right. And so then you can start digging back through, or vice versa. You may not have you may have 120 hours that you need to schedule, but you may have a guy on vacation, and you only have 80 hours available. So uh, looking at all those things, uh, it, but it, it bubbles it up and it brings it to the top of what the issues are. Well, it, it helps you to manage, and, and that you know taking that the next step or even one step further is what should we track on a work order? Um, you know, time is definitely important, so we make sure we have enough time to cover the amount of work that we have planned and also to be able to handle our reactive work. Uh, you know, cost is another thing, material cost, uh, labor cost maybe. Uh, for, for different organizations, some folks do uh, care about labor costs and other folks won't track it, but they will still at least track their time. Yeah, and I think it's, I think it's important to track all those things because time, uh, money, as, I, as we mentioned earlier, different audiences look at different things. Right. And if we're going to try to track budget and understand where our money's going, money uh, is what drives the CFO, mm-hmm. the conversations around that, how much do we need, uh, what do we need to, to uh, plan for, budget for next year, all those kind of things. So all those things are important on, on, work, uh, on the work order to be tracked. And all those things will help drive our KPIs, too. It gives us more information that we can analyze and, and operate uh, or manage our operations. Exactly. And the last thing, too, if we, we have these KPIs in place, we're also then able to benchmark. Uh, benchmark our performance as a team, our performance as an organization, potentially against other similar organizations, and then all the way down to the employee level, You know, looking at their performance and can we improve. Uh, so a lot of benefit there for just managing our, our operations, not only from a strategic level, but also on the day-to-day tactical level. Yeah, and there's, uh, there's a lot of good uh, industry standards out there. Uh, BOMA and IFMA both have uh, uh, papers and, and frequently publish uh, KPI indicators across different kinds of industries. Those are great references uh, to look at. Uh, again, my uh, my preference is having fewer but good solid KPIs and benchmarking to look at. If you get to looking at too much, then you just get wrapped up in numbers, and they all be kind of become kind of confusing. But if you can benchmark against some key uh, items for each area, each audience that you're looking at, I think you uh, you come away as a as looking like a really professional facility manager. You know what you're doing, that your people know what they're doing, and that even if everything might not be perfect, at least it allows you to those things to bubble up and put a plan together to address them. Right. If you're tracking it, you can measure it. And, you know, don't try to take it all on at one time. You know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? Yeah. So you got to start somewhere. And that's what I always recommend to our clients about setting up a PM program. It may seem daunting task. Start somewhere. Just get started. Don't worry if the number... If it takes an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes on the task to do it, put down your best guess and then modify it. And that's what all these KPIs can do for you is to help you develop that and get it and tune it uh, over time. Yeah, it definitely takes time. But as long as you're moving in the right direction, you're making progress. Yeah. Well, we want to thank everybody for joining us today. And, Tony, it's good to be with you again in the studio. Always a pleasure. And, uh... Looking forward to uh, Thanksgiving and uh, a lot of good turkey. Don't sleep too much on uh, Thursday afternoon and uh, be awake if you have to make that drive up to the mountains. Oh, man, I'll definitely be awake. Uh, Looking forward to it. Can't wait to spend that time with my family. 
We uh, Again, we'd like for you to uh, uh, join us on Stitcher and iTunes, and uh, we'd love to hear some comments back from you. We've gotten several so far. We love to uh, hear those, so uh, give us some feedback, and if there's spe- specific programming that you'd like for us to do, let us know, and we'll see what we can come up with for you. Yeah, keep those comments coming. Just email us at podcast at facilitydude.com. Thanks, everybody. Y'all have a happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Facility Dude Podcast. We love to hear your feedback about the show. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and help other facility operations professionals like yourself find the show. Email your questions or comments to podcast at facilitydude.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Facility Dude. We look forward to hearing from you.